Welcome to the Search the Scriptures podcast, where we dive into scripture and provide the explanation of it in the most accurate light that we can. Search the Scriptures is a podcast that is dedicated primarily to the Christian, challenging our brothers and sisters along with ourselves to see if we have set aside the commands of God to set up our own traditions. To do this, we use scripture to explain scripture. Please join us on this journey. All right, so let's jump right into this, another Bible Topic Tuesday, and the one question that we had, or we have actually quite a few questions, this is the one I picked out for today, Uh, and the question was, how do we become saved? And so uh, we're going to jump into what scripture says about this, before I do, I always like to open up any uh, comments on this one. All right, let's jump right into it. So the question is, uh, uh, how do you become saved? I'm going to take some, uh, maybe just one scripture I want to say from the Old Testament. I'm going to move to the New Testament, and then we're going to see, we're just going to look into what scripture is saying about this. This There's actually way more scriptures than what I'm going to pull today. Just kind of something to give us a little, little, uh, I guess, a, a decent look at it. So we'll jump into it, and then we'll open up for discussion. So the question is, how do we become saved? And I'm going to go back to... Jeremiah chapter 36, verses 2 through 3. And that says, Take a scroll and write on it all the words I have spoken to you concerning Israel, Judah, and all the nations from the time I first spoke to you during Josiah's reign until today. Perhaps when the house of Judah hears about all the disaster I am planning to bring on them, each one of them will turn from his evil way. Then I will forgive their wrongdoing and their sin. So uh, here uh, in Jeremiah, a few different things are happening here. I just want to point out a couple of different things. One, the Lord saying he, he he's telling uh, Jeremiah says, uh, write uh, on this particular scroll all the words I have spoken to you. He says concerning Israel, Judah, and all the nations. Uh, and so he's telling them to do this. And these particular words, in case we were wondering, is what he says. Uh, He says, perhaps when the house of Judah hears about all the disaster I am planning to bring on them, he says, maybe they will turn uh, uh, from their evil ways. Then he will forgive them wrongdoing in their sin. But I do find it interesting that he says this because fast forward to today and we have the Bible written written on it, words from the Lord, and they are very much warnings talking about what he is going to do same thing exact same thing and it's and and those words should do something to people which is what it says here it says perhaps uh once they hear it about all the disasters i'm planning to bring on them then they'll turn away from their evil and then it says then he will forgive their wrong they're doing in their sin so i want to point out i want to just really hone in on this particular turning away from their evil turning away turn from his evil way and then it says, after this, this happens, is then I will forgive their wrongdoing and their sin. Uh, but before we go further, and there's any questions or comments on this so far? All righty. Oh, what you got, G? To be clear, so you're not saved from, 
I think it says I will save them from their sin. So you're not saved from your sin until you repent. Is that what I'm hearing? You're under the wrath of God. That's right. You're under the wrath. That that curse or whatever is, is hanging over you. That wrath is, is hanging over you. And uh, and the only thing that removes that from you is salvation. You're being saved from him because he is planning to do this disaster. According to what I understand. Does it make sense? Well, the only reason why I say that is when I think about um, when you hear the passage, Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, our sins. Um, I can see how some people say, well, no, he was the sins were already forgiven when Jesus died. But this passage shows it's forgiven once repentance takes place. That's right. Because if that were the case, then we would not need to repent. Uh, if we if we did, we would need to be, repent because his blood covered us, so I don't need to repent from anything. Uh, but yes, repentance needs to take place. You're right, and that's what we're going to look at. That's actually a very key thing is a repentance. In fact, in fact, let's say uh, so re, uh, to repent. The def definition I don't have it up here, but it says uh, to feel or express sincere regret or remorse about one's wrongdoing or sin or uh, to view or think of an action or a mission with deep regret or remorse, feel regret about something. Uh, that's what repentance is. So to feel bad about something you've done. Uh, and, and, and so this is, this is what we're gonna key in on here the next uh, several scriptures uh, uh, going forward. But yes, I'm glad you brought it up. So let's move on then. So Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10 says, On the contrary, what does it say? The message is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart resulting in righteousness and one confesses with the mouth resulting in salvation here's what we're told the question of, of, of the question is how do you become saved this is telling us in a nutshell this is exactly what it is this is what you need to become saved what i want to focus on here is uh where it says if you confess with your mouth jesus is lord that part is the part i want to focus on here because when we confess that when we confess that jesus is lord we're saying that for ourselves personally, that he is Lord, that he is my master. Jesus is my master. And so that's going to be important going forward. Any questions or comments on this so far? But we can acknowledge that he is Lord without the Holy Spirit, correct? That is correct. Amen. That is what the scripture says. All right. Let's jump into it. So Romans chapter 2, verses 12 through 16 says, All those who sin without the law will also perish without the law. And all those who sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For the hearers of the law are not righteous before God, but the doers of the law will be declared righteous. So when Gentiles who do not have the law 
instinctively do what the law demands. They are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts. Their consciences confirm this. Their competing thoughts will either accuse or excuse them on the day when God judges what people have kept secret according to my gospel through Christ Jesus. So we're still in Romans here. And I do find it interesting. A couple of things. One, this is the scary part of saying that uh, it says God judges what people have kept secret according to his gospel. Uh, this is the good news, by the way, <laughs> he, uh, according to his gospel through Christ Jesus. And so I uh, but I bring this up because he says uh, for the hearers of the law are not righteous before God, but the doers of the law will be de declared righteous. I bring it up because of this, because this is also in the same Romans to where he said, uh, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, then you're saved, right? So this is the exact same Romans. Uh, and he goes on to say that, uh, talks about Gentiles, us, who do not have the law. It says that uh, we instinctively do what the law demands because of what law is written on our hearts. We should be, so we're already feeling, we already, we already have a sense of right or wrong uh, that's written on us. And then we will be, uh, it says, it says we'll be judged based on these, these, our very conscience and our competing thoughts will either accuse us or excuse us from them. Again, the whole question is, what does it take for us to be saved? I'm, uh, for us to have salvation or be saved. And I'm leading us into this, but I do want to point that out, which says for the hearers of the law are not righteous before God, but the doers of the law will be declared righteous. And this stuff is important. Any questions or comments on this so far? All right. Next one. Matthew chapter seven, verses 18 through 23 says a good tree can't produce bad fruit. Neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you'll recognize them by their fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. So a lot is happening here. Also, uh, this is Jesus speaking. And he says that uh, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Um, this is actually brought up a couple of different times by him and also by uh, John the Baptist. And uh, and then he says, so he says right after that, you recognize them by their fruit. So we can be recognized by uh, the the uh, the fruit of what we've done with our lives. Right. So you can tell the person you can you should be able to tell that a person is turning, that, they're, that they've that they've been converted by the by their actions. Is what we're is what we're being shown here. Uh, so it's important that 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 change happens within a person. Now again, that actually comes from the Lord. The Lord grants the repentance. So that so we can't even boast about that because the Lord is the one who actually grants this actual repentance. And so uh, so yeah, so that has to be done. Also, these people are saying. Oh, Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name? So these people are doing things. They're actually doing works. But even though they're doing these things, it does not matter. They, 
for whatever reason, it didn't give, I don't know if it really gives us any more than what it says here, but he calls them lawbreakers or you workers of iniquity. These people that he's talking about did not want him as Lord. They did not. They So remember, it says when we started off of this is if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Right. So that's what these people are doing. They're saying, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? They're, they're, they're confessing this. They're saying this. But he is saying that you are lawbreakers. You did not go by what I told you. You didn't treat me as your Lord. Questions or comments on this so far? Yes, sir. So basically, it's you called me Lord, but you didn't show me with your actions that I was actually your Lord. Amen. Somewhere is written in the in the Old Testament. It says uh, these people honor me with my with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Uh, that's similar to what this is. Anything else on this one? Welcome, Edward. Question of the day is how do you become saved? Or how do we become saved? So, uh, so yes, uh, some great comments on this and questions. What you got, G? So, not my best to like really trying to figure out the best way to even sum this up. So it's easier to say, yeah, you may claim to be saved or a Christian or whatever the case may be. But ultimately, what it really shows it comes down to is your actions seem to be more louder than your words in this situation. If I'm not mistaken. That's actually a good way to put it. Um, I know it's, it's, this, this flies in the face of so many things, you know, that, uh, that uh, it's by faith and not by works. And that, that that still hasn't changed anything. Uh, if you have faith, then you will have works. That that's what James goes on to tell us. He tells us, you know, that if you have if you have faith, saving faith, then it will be evident by by works. You, you there will be an actual change in you. You will have evidence of this. That makes sense. And I know it's tough because again, like I say, it's it's not what we're mostly taught uh because like i started off with that romans verse for that reason because it says that but it's specifically a part of it that i don't think that we really hone in on and that's if you confess with your mouth jesus is lord that part right there i think is uh i don't think that that uh we fully jump into or really dig into what that means to call him lord uh in the old testament i love reading the old testament because it, it just it reveals so much of him he says and if i am your lord then where is your fear he says he says if i'm your master where is your fear of me uh and it's it's important that we understand that a person can be remorseful they repent they can be remorseful of what they did and uh and then turn away from it as best as they can turn away from it do their best to lead a life a godly life that person i believe according to scripture is saved 
because they have taken Jesus Christ as their Lord. Their Lord demands that they live a certain type of way and as best as, as they can, they are turning away from the old from their old life. They're sorry for what they did. And, and they're trying to do, and they're trying to live according to what the word says. That person, I believe, is saved because we will be able to, the fruits are there. But another person who uh, is not repentant, you know, they they accept it. They accept that you know Jesus is Lord, uh, but they don't. They're not necessarily sorry for what they did. Um, that's not if a person's not sorry for what they've done, then that's not really repentance. That's not repentance at all. And so, uh, so yeah, so it's 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 a turning away from 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 that, from an enjoyment of what you've done, of sin, to uh, to towards a godly life, and that in and of itself is something that is given to us by God. Like He gives us that desire. So even in that, like I say, we cannot boast about it. It's not a work that we can boast about because that work, that desire, was even given to us in the first place by Him. We'll look more into that too. In fact, uh, what you got, G? So, where we where you say with well, I know in the Word it says that God gives us the desires to to please Him. Are we then are to still ask for God to give us the desires to please Him, or is that something that He just does on His own? Yeah, I don't. I, I can't. Off the top of my head, I can't think of why you wouldn't ask for that. I think that's a that's a good prayer. Well, the reason why I say that is, it's um, when I think about other people, and I, I, I want to say proudly say it, but I'm so happy that God gave me the desire to chase Him. And sometimes I will say that in the very beginning, it was I did have to ask for it. But I was just wondering, like, man, if I never would have prayed for God to increase the desire for him in my life, would that still would have been something that he would have gave me? Or was it destined for me to, to you know, pray that prayer? I don't know. I do know that uh, that we're told to seek. Uh, um, to, to seek these things that we're, we're told to do that, that uh, to ask for these things. Because these, I don't think, are selfish things. These are things that, yes, they help you out, but they help others. Those blessings spill onto others also. Uh, and so I, I don't, I, I truly believe, I mean, this is one of the reasons, things where I believe that James, and James says that we don't have because we don't ask. And so I truly believe that's a for real thing, that if we don't ask for certain things, they, we don't get it. We never ask for it. Otherwise, why would he even say that? Yeah, some great comments on this and questions. So again, we're talking about Jesus says in Matthew 7, 18 through 23, he says, uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father in heaven. So continuing on on that, Jesus would ask in Luke chapter six, verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? Uh, again, honoring him with our lips but our hearts being far from him questions or comments on this so far all right 
So we're going to get into uh, speaking, speaking of James. James chapter 1, verses 21 through 22 says, Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and evil, humbly receive the implanted word, which is able to save you. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So here we got uh, James 1, 21, 22 saying uh, that we are to rid ourselves of all moral filth and evil, humbly receive the implanted word. So this is this is this is repentance at this point. Right. Uh, and he says this is able to save you. This is able this is able to save us. And then he goes on to recommend or say or, or command that we do what it says and not just listen to it. Otherwise, we're deceiving ourselves by by just listening to it, to what the word says, but not doing what is being commanded throughout it. Any questions or comments on that? I feel like that's kind of self-explanatory. So what are we doing or what is the repentance part? Let's, we'll look more into that. So Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 15 says, After John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee, preaching the good news of God. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. So here we have Jesus starting off this part of his ministry, telling people that uh, first thing, repent, repent and believe. Uh, so that repentance, the question being, how do you become saved? The repentance part is key. Uh, and then believe. Questions or comments on this so far? It actually, this is brought up so many times in scripture, to repent and believe. I didn't bring, I didn't put them all on here, but I do have another one, kind of says say something similar. Acts chapter 26, verse 20 says, instead, I preached to those in Damascus first and to those in Jerusalem and in all the region of Judea and to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God. And do works worthy of repentance. So here is Paul, the very one who wrote Romans, telling us what he was doing, telling uh when he was being accused, he's telling what he was doing. He said he preached to those in Damascus first, and he says he was telling them that they should repent and turn to God and do works worthy of repentance, do works showing that you are for real sorrowful for what you did. That you are really truly sorry about what you did. Questions or comments on this so far? I have a question about like the belief part. It has to be, I mean, do is there ever someone that doubts certain stuff but believes other stuff? Who I mean, who are they? What are they considered? Where are they considered to be? You know, um, I, I'm not prepared to say that that person that believes some and doubts others is not saved. I'm not prepared to say that um, because faith uh, is is given by Jesus. He's the author of it. So it's given by him. And he's also the finisher of it. So I, the reason why I say this is because there was a man that came to uh, to Jesus asking for help. And then Jesus said, uh, the man said, if you can, will you help? And Jesus answered, if I can. Everything is possible for the one who believes. And then he says, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Mm 
So I believe that's that person or a something like the person that you're talking about, Veronica, someone who believes, but there's still some unbelief in there. And he's, he's saying, he said, help me, like help the, the part that I don't believe in. And so that person, uh, I don't believe in any way, any kind of way was shamed. But he was even humble about the way he approached him. He said, you know, he said, I do believe. Just help help me where I'm not believing that. And so, uh, so yeah, I truly believe that. That uh, that, that person, I don't, I'm, that's why I'm saying I'm not willing to say that a person is having trouble with certain parts of scripture that that uh, they are not saved. I'm not, I'm not ready to say that because of that. Man. Yeah, I, I just wonder about, like you said, he humbly, you know, said that. And it goes back to like, you know, maybe you don't understand or believe, but you continue to seek the Lord. And there's why I believe, you know, he'll finish what he started. Um, but just some cases where, you know, there's believers, but they don't believe this, that the Lord would do this or the Lord is this way. And so I just wonder, I guess if they continue in the faith, he graciously will, you know, reveal and um, give them that faith to believe. Amen. Alexis, I, I like me. I'm just piggybacking off of Veronica. Not like the whole believing part, but like there's some parts of the Bible I don't understand. Like I can read it. I mean, we can explain it, and I don't get it. It's, I mean, what is that? Is that like saying like I don't fully believe, or like I don't have full faith because I don't understand? Well, I will say that uh, yours is also give you another example so uh jesus when all these disciples were around stood up and said unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood you have no part no part of me for my flesh is real food my blood is real drink and it said that many left him when he said this and uh he turned to his disciples the 12 the original 12 disciples said you're not leaving me also are you and Peter, which I've always said this, he had the perfect response to this. He said, where else is it for us to go? You are the only one with the words of life. You are the only one with that. So he had a perfect response that to, I feel that, hey, I don't get it either. Like that was hard. That was a harsh one. That was really hard what you just said. However, there is no other God I can run to to, to, to grant me life. It's just you. And of course, Peter would go on to, of course, understand exactly what that means, you know, but but uh, I just feel like he had the perfect response to that. Like uh, he wasn't offended by it, even though he didn't understand it. But many people were offended. And Jesus would say that he said, blessed are those who are not offended because of me. Uh, and, and so and that is important. I think also it brings up another point that when we do get into heart, the harshness of Scripture, uh, that as best we can, we're not offended because of what God has said uh, that we, that we accept that we just accept it. We believe, we believe that he's Lord, which gives him the right to do whatever he wants to with us. Did I answer a question, Alexis? I'm sorry. Yes. Amen. That was beautiful. Perfect. Great comments, Veronica and Alexis. Uh, there's some really great comments. And, uh, and anytime that we, we think about um, other people, you know, uh, in, in their beliefs. I mean, it could have been a situation where you're like, I'm asking for a friend, which you've been asking for yourself. But anytime we think about someone else, as, as best as we can, I, I, I would I would uh, advise you is to give them the benefit of the doubt. 
just because whatever judgment we're using against them can also be used against us and not just can be it says will be used against us that same that same measuring line and so i always lead with uh with grace and mercy i would say yes Ronka. when you say that <laughs> the same judgment that we use is that just like um what if, what if we don't like is that just like even like the thoughts that we have that are judgmental? <laughs> like um, if you don't verbally judge people or, you know what I mean? Like you don't, but, but, but inwardly you're judging them. Is that the same, um, that falls in the same category? So we're going to go back and let's look at something here. Uh, where is it at? There it is. So Romans 2, 12, 16 says, and I'm just going to read this last part. It says, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts. Their consciences confirm this. Their competing thoughts will either accuse or excuse them on the day when God judges what people have kept secret. Mm. That's the best thing I can give you as far as that is concerned. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so, um, but there's another and, scripture that says, I'm and sorry. Judge, is judging like literally like um, you have like the, the where you place people in your mind? You know what I mean? Like, like just, I mean, judging, like I, I'll, I'll do that sometimes even to, you know, when people are just outright um like verbally sinning or something like my thoughts of them it's just kind of like pity you know well, yeah. it's, it's kind of harsh it's kind of like you know you silly sinners like it's just yeah, it's it's it. just like judgmental and you know i hate that i do that but i'll feel like you know it's not like love or i you know instantly want to pray for them i'm just like you know i look down on them or i just think like y'all are terrible and that's judging right like just judgmental well, for one, Brock, I want to tell you, I do appreciate you sharing that with uh, with us, because uh, mm -hmm. uh, I think it happens amongst believers, amongst us more than we like to admit. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're right. That's what I'm saying. In that, yes, uh, the same, the same measuring line that you're using to judge them, mm -hmm. it says will be used against us. So if that measuring line you're using is mercy, then that mercy returns to you. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? And so, uh, th so that's why I'm saying that just, just be careful because, uh, because of that, he just tells us that, you know, uh, when we're, so judgment is, is, is basically that saying, Hey, this person's right or wrong. And then there's judgment to go all the way into saying that, you know, well, this person saved, this person not saved, uh, mm -hmm. and go all the way into that. Uh, but judgment is basically saying that, that, you know, that person's right or, or they're doing right or they're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with judging as long as it's done righteously. There's nothing right. wrong with righteousness. Exactly. Judgment. We just had that in Sunday service, like judge righteously. That's right. Yeah. And and and, and then I always kind of uh, this this is this is not well. I guess some of it's kind of scripture. I say this is my opinion, but some of it's scripture because it says uh, love your neighbors as yourself. So what I'm saying is, whenever you're thinking about others, or you you know uh, just put yourself in their position how would you want to be approached or thought about or prayed for 
And I don't think you can go wrong if you do that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. What you got, G? Um, I think you kind of answered it towards the end where um, the Veronica was asking when it comes to judging, when you read the, the, the passages that says uh, not to judge those outside the church, but to judge those who say they're a part of the church. Um, so I'm guessing when he says to judge those who decide to sin that are a part of the same body of Christ, there's a righteous way of judging. Amen. That's right. Because it's not, it's, it's something that should happen as long as it's done with love. It must be done with love. But it should happen because uh, it's, it's, to, it's to help hold us accountable. Nobody necessarily wants to be held accountable. I mean, it's against our fleshly nature to want to be held accountable. But uh, that's that's what it's for. It's, it's for our benefit, uh, If it's, especially when it's done in love. It's definitely for our benefit, a rebuke. Yeah, some great comments on this. So I'm going to bring us to uh, actually the last scripture. Get back to it. And it is. So, again, we were talking about uh, repentance and the importance of repentance and what repentance is. Uh, again, it's, 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 it's deep remorse about something you've done. Right. Just feeling truly, truly horrible about what you've done. Uh, and so. That's exactly what James says in James chapter four, verses eight through 10. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, double-minded people. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Your laughter must change to mourning and your joy to sorrow. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Again, question of the day is uh, how do we become saved? I think James does uh, uh, sum it up about the repentance part. Is uh, our he says our, uh, we need to be miserable about what we've done. We need to mourn and weep about that. We can't we can't be happy about what we've done. We have to truly be mourning over what we've done, and that is humbling ourselves before God. This also brings up i don't have it here but we went over uh, uh some verses uh, a ways back when jesus was talking about a person that was justified he's talking about two different people one the pharisee the other guy is a tax collector and they both were in the temple praying and the tax collector was like you know i praise you god that i'm not like other people or like this tax collector here is i tithe i do all these other things right and then the tax collector he said would not even look up to heaven but instead kept beating his chest saying Lord, turn your wrath away from me, a sinner. And then Jesus would say, that man went home justified. He appeared before the Lord. He was sorrowful over what he did. He was crying over what he did. And he was humble. And the Lord himself exalted him because for eternity, Jesus has talked about that person. He was exalted. This is what it is to become saved. And it goes all the way back to what you first said. 
believe if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. We do that. You are saved. But that entails all these other scriptures that we put together, which doesn't make it complicated. It doesn't. All it does is say that if you truly believe that Jesus is your Lord, then you will treat him as such. And that's all I have on this one. Questions or comments, concerns? All right, I'm about to stop it. Going once. All right. It's, what you got, Veronica? So so basically it was repent and believe. Well, say it again, I'm sorry. So was it just repent and believe? Repent and believe. That's it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's it. <laughs> that's really it. It's that Thank simple. You. Thank you. Yes, it's absolutely, it is absolutely that simple. Amen. Let me stop this. What you got, G? I like how she just summed up this entire hour that quick. <laughs> it's just yes. so simple. Um, but no, 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 you're absolutely right. And I, I, I'm, of course, I, uh, I studied this, and I'm just so happy to have a refresher because yeah. it really does purely come down to us being being willing to accept the fact that one that we're wrong we have to show god hey yes i believe in you but he says don't just purely give me lip service like the man that basically looks in the mirror turns around and forgets what he looks like we are to actually show the proof of our salvation with action um the reason why i bring this up is i was talking to a co-worker of mine and he briefly said that salvation comes by faith and I had to basically backdoor it. And I said, faith and works. <laughs> As a, we can all say that we have faith, but where is your worth that shows the proof of your salvation? So, um, yeah, this Both is a great of you topic. Are right. Both of you are right. It is by faith and faith alone. It is just that. However, James clarifies it and says, faith without works is dead. So uh, so it is true. The reason why they're both true, because both there's scripture you can pull from both. You can pull a scripture that says uh, it's faith uh, by faith alone, not works. You can pull that scripture. That doesn't make it any less true. It's still true. Then you can pull up a scripture that says where James says faith without works is dead. That's true. They're both true. It's just that James clarifies it. That makes sense. So, yes, they, they, it is true. And again, it's not something that necessarily I wouldn't want. Uh, to uh, what's what I'm looking for? Um, cause a division over, if that makes sense. Because ultimately, if a person is saved, they're going to do those things anyway. That's because the Lord has He's He's the good shepherd. He's going to see to it. But uh, but yes, James clarifies it for us by saying that that faith that that is not actual faith. That is not faith. Faith is you actually living out your this this new lifestyle that you're supposed to have. But yes, I agree. And it's just, I just want to make it certain that uh, I guess make uh, 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 make it clear that both are right. That it is true that it is faith. It is, that it is faith in God. And in that faith in God is believing that we're going to do what he commands. And with that part of that commandment is you need to do these things. You need to act this way. And so, yes, it, it is. 
Yes, ma'am. Veronica. And if someone doesn't believe, we're clear that it's it's because the Lord has not granted them the faith to believe, right? Amen. Because all the evidence is clear, clearly laid out for all, all humanity. Evidence of him. Have you ever met someone? Like, I just feel like there's people that will try to go to study after study. And, you know, like they want to believe, but they just like don't. Or yeah, uh, I, I, yes, I know, I know, and and it's and it's not to say that it, there's no hope for that person. Mm -hmm. They, they, uh, they are clearly hearing a call. We just don't know if they're chosen yet. Right. So there's there's nothing wrong to continue to you know to uh, pursue that and, and try to help them get through this. Mm -hmm. uh, but they are clearly hearing a call. Yeah, because it is just that's so like huge to me like you know those that believe it's and, and then also you you know you can believe like they they say you know the the demons believe and tremble but it's like people believe but they won't live righteously or repent you know it's that i i find that strange too like there's a lot of believers but they just you know they're they don't they're not, they don't live repented lives or they're not serving the Lord. Not yeah, and, 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 and you know, Rucker, when you say that, and I don't know if I, if, if, how, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I don't know that salvation is possible without repentance. Uh, just because he is said, they're, they're like married together. And, uh, yeah, I definitely agree on that. It's just strange how you you'll see. I know people that live in sin, you know, and they're. I mean, I I don't personally know that they have repented, but they're not living these changed lives, you know. So, and they seem to believe, or they'll believe in God, or they'll pray to a God, or you know, I have a lot of coworkers too that are, um, you know, they. It's just kind of like the thing to say with our boss that has cancer is just like. Oh, God's going to heal you. And, you know, we believe God, this and that, but they're just, they're, they're not Christians or like living righteously. And, 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 and I get what you're saying on that. You make some really great points, Veronica. I just want to make sure that, um, that, that we're still praying for these people because uh, repentance, I always thought repentance is just like, um, you're never doing it again. You just, you turn from it, you're never doing it again. But repentance is every definition I found says you have a deep sorrow of it. You hate that you do it. You, you, you're remorseful for it. So in saying that, and this is a very, I don't know, this is a whole nother conversation. There may be people caught up in sin that um, they're caught up in it. They don't like it. Uh, but then you have people that says, you know, if you have a, if you're talking about a person that says, you know what, I don't care. This is just who I am. And, you know, the Lord just accepts me because I'm not changing. That is different. That's the whole other conversation. But if you have someone who is struggling with it, um, I don't know. I feel like I, I, I'm not ready to say that that person is, is, uh, is, is not truly saved. If that makes sense. If they're, if they have a deep remorse over what they've done, then, uh, technically they repent it. That makes sense. Yeah, thank you. Amen. What you got, G? 
I was spending this time trying to find a scripture that I remember coming across. And it says, because you believe not. And I just don't remember the rest of that scripture. I don't know if you know. No, I do know there's a scripture that says, uh, you will die in your sins if you don't believe that I am he. I don't know if that's the one you're talking about. Yes. Is that John? It's in John. Okay. If yes. it ultimately boils down to the fact that he gives us the ability to believe, but yet in that passage, it seems as if it was held against someone for their doubtfulness in him. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a whole, that's a whole, uh, and right. I, right a, I was like, yeah. man, because I've seen them so many times in the word as we read it, it's like, God is, I don't want to, I guess it's easier to say angry towards a person who believes not or not and trusts not, or doesn't have the faith to believe in him. And I think of all these different things that he comes and he gives us wrath to at the very end towards, but it's yet. It, it's because he chose not to give them to to that person, and I'm like, oh man, that's that's hard. It is, it is, and and uh, Jesus talks about it. He he's referencing the Old Testament. He, he talks about it. The uh, again, this is him being sovereign. This is him doing what he, what, what this this only he can do because it's his people. But he says of certain people, he says that. Uh, but the ones on the outside, they're given parables. He says, uh, he says, so that every hearing they will, uh, they are deaf, like they're deafened. They can't hear. They can't hear what he's saying. He said, otherwise they would turn or repent and I would forgive them. And it just begs the question, like, well, then why not? Like, you know, like why? Not? But that's what that's his. That's his, that's what he gets to do. And it, like I said, in the, he's 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 quoting a scripture from the Old Testament. I want to say in Isaiah. Where, where it says that it says be ever hearing but not but uh but not listening i believe it's not saying that correctly and it says uh it says and he goes on to say that otherwise i will uh they would turn and i will heal them so it, it just like a it just says that hey for whatever reason he doesn't want to he, he doesn't want to do it for a specific people and and yeah that's his right that's his right he can do what he wants to and i'm not about to say that i understand i just accept that that's what was said you got you um i know this is getting away from the topic um but when it comes to like, the talk of salvation i i don't want to say i understand i do understand but there are some people who are genuinely just upset with that in general like they're just purely upset with the whole idea that it's not their fault that they don't believe like they read the word and like home said but god is, is saying right here i give you the desires to serve me but yet he didn't give me the desire and but yet it's ultimately my fault if i go to hell that's right because the thing that is part, that's tough yeah it is but the truth the truth of the matter is all of us would go to hell every last one of us the only reason we're not going is because he has chosen certain of us and, and gave us that ability to repent otherwise we may not want to go to hell but we don't want him it says all have turned away from god every last one of us have turned away we don't we do not it is not in our nature to want to pursue him so it is unnatural for us to pursue him 
That is supernatural. That's something he did. So that's what that's what to me makes it perfectly fine because otherwise the people do not want to be underneath him. They don't want his rule. That makes sense. So it's best to put it back on them, not trying to basically pin them against a wall. But I, if, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's more or less okay. You want to not go to hell, but you also don't want to serve him. You can say that, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't uh, make any excuses for God, though. If that's, that's no, and, I, and I'm not. It just it yeah. does make a, a valid point that I'm you know I didn't look at it a certain way until just now. And you're absolutely right. It's more or less like a, a pick and choose. It's more of a, I don't want to serve God, but I also don't want to uh, go to hell. It reminds me of people who say, I don't want to have a job, but I want to live in comfort. And I'm like, well, you got to make, you know, you got to make a choice somewhere. That's true. Fabian said, uh, isn't one of the first things someone says before accepting God is I'm sorry, even if it's not verbally. They're tired of living the life they're living. That's what this is exactly what um the john uh, it's a great point because john the baptist before jesus came onto the scene as far as like his for people start to uh before he, before he started his ministry john the baptist had his ministry going first and his job was to prepare the people prepare their hearts for him for jesus and uh and the way he did it was threaten them that's basically what he did the wrath of god is coming that's what it, it is coming and then people when they heard him preach they they would ask the question what must i do to be saved and so uh it, they were broken over it he would tell them this is what you need to do so he was literally preparing their hearts for the person who actually has salvation in his hands and so uh but yes that's they they came to that point to where they were saying they they, they were they had a repentant heart already prepared because jesus was coming and, and uh and john the baptist prepared that for him but yes great point Some uh, great conversation in what's typically our uh, off the record section. Absolutely. And it is really this. I just don't want to act like as if I'm, you know, bigger than who I say I am, because I'm not. Um, I do understand the struggles that's associated with, you know, when it comes to belief. Uh, I understand that there's a struggle with even with understanding the word, because I don't under, you know, when I don't know everything and I don't understand everything also. So. Uh, when I hear the argument more or less sort of claim that it's it's very you know complex or why is it this way or why is it that way? I'm not going to I'm never going to make an excuse for why God has decided to make his word a certain way. You know, if anything, I am is extremely blessed to be able to say that he gave me the ability to, like you said, to even have the heart to repent. I knew who I know who I used to be and I know how far I've come and I can only give that to God. And I'm only willing to live for him. There's no one else that I know where I can say, I want to give them the credit for my change and my ways. My like the repentance that I have in my heart only comes from God. Because this is nothing that I could have done on my own. So uh, I'm extremely honored. And I'm, um, I just feel blessed to be able to say, like, God gave me this. <laughs>